Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning with expectation that you will continue what you begun here this morning in our hearts and lives, that you will open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you will open our ears to hear your small, still voice, that you will open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us today, that we would walk away changed because we've had this continual encounter with you for an hour and a half or however long the service goes, that you're just pouring into us and your presence and your love and your power is just washing over us flushing us from the things of the world and the things that we struggle with. And we can come into your presence, Abba, Father, Daddy, saying, God, what do I need this morning? And then you will do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or even think. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Great job. That was fun. I enjoyed that. That was great. And uh, I couldn't hear you guys, but I'm sure you were engaged as well. So thank you for joining us. Let's recite our mission statement. It's to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And then our goal, our our vision is to make disciples who will impact the world with the love of Christ. And those disciples would be the people right out here. That would be you guys. Amen? All right. Well, we're in the series Becoming Mature Believers. And uh, we're in the, the book of 1 Corinthians, the letter of 1 Corinthians, I guess, more accurately. <laughs> and I've been really looking forward to getting to this place in this, in this letter because uh, I think probably 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 are probably some of my favorite chapters in the entire book of the Bible. And uh, today I'm going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And... Let me ask you to consider something. Why would God want to give you something and, and us reject it? Why, you know, why would God want to give you a gift and not, not want to receive it? Especially a gift that's powerful, that's life-changing, that helps us to live this victorious life that Christ came to give us, and it's also to help others. Why wouldn't we want to receive all of the things that God has for us? Hmm, let me ask you to consider something else. Who would want us to have misunderstanding and abuse the gifts and and have confusion and reject the gifts? We know who that is. In fact, let's read uh, John 10.10. And this is Jesus talking again, you know this, that thief's purpose is what? To steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can keep us from all the things that the Lord has for us, he's going to try to do that. But Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life, life in abundance. And so God wants to give us abundant life, and the enemy wants to steal abundant life. He wants to steal life from us in general. So the spiritual gifts are some of the most wonderful gifts given to us. And, uh, you know, there are, are church splits over this. There's division. There's dissension. There's all this chaos sometimes within the body of Christ. 
that uh, uh, surrounding the gifts, just the gifts. God wants to give us gifts, and there's all this confusion and stuff that goes on around that. Let's go to Ephesians 6, uh, 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. And so we talked about this before. The enemy has strategies. And one of his greatest tools, one of his greatest weapons is to cause division. Because the word says the kingdom divided against, divided against itself will not stand. And so if the, if the enemy can keep us divided and arguing and fighting over things, then he, he's being effective in hindering us to the full effectiveness that God has called us to. And uh, I've heard, you guys have seen this before. I've, I've shared this with you before. But misunderstood or miscommunicated expectations results in disappointment. And so if we're not understanding the fullness of the Word of God, then we're not able to walk in the fullness of what He called us to. And if we have misunderstandings or mis, uh, misunderstandings and miscommunication about the Word of God, then it's going to hinder what He wants to do in our life. Think about this. You get to heaven, and Jesus said, Listen, I gave you these wonderful gifts. Why didn't you use them? And if you're here in this church, you won't be one of the ones saying, well, I, I don't know, I didn't know anything about that, God. But I think there are going to be people that are going to get to heaven, and they're going to say, you mean, you mean I could have prayed for people and they could have been healed? You mean I, I could have spoken a word of encouragement or prophecy over someone and, and, and impacted their life? I never knew that. And there are a lot of Christians that don't know this. I've shared the story with you before that I have a friend that... Uh, was he's a praise and worship leader, and he was at a, a large church in our, in our community. And, uh, and I ran into him at a meeting, and he said, Mark, I, I want to talk to you. i got to talk to you. And I said, okay. So I talked to him after the meeting, and he said, man, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, praise God. That's awesome. He said, this thing is real. And I said, yes, I know it is, and I'm so happy for you. And he said, my church where I, where I was on staff for years, they never told me about the Holy Spirit. They never told me that I could have this gift. And he said, I'm angry about it. He said, I could have had all this all along, and I didn't know. I'm upset about it, but now I have it. And he went, and early on, he went and prayed for somebody at a, a bus stop. There was somebody there at a bus stop, I think. And he said, the Holy Spirit said, pray for this guy's back. And so he said, sir, can I, can I pray for your back? And he said, how do you know I need prayer for my back? And he's like, yeah, well, I, I felt like the Lord was just telling me that. And so he prayed for him, and the guy said, you know what? I'm healed. And he said, you are? <laughs> I mean, here's a new Christian, or not a new Christian, but somebody that's been filled with the Holy Spirit, and now he's seeing the power of God in lives around him. And that's what Jesus came to give us, abundant life. But also, we have these tools, we have these gifts that God wants us to use. Misunderstanding of the gifts and abuse of the gifts create division. And some of us have seen or experienced abuses in the, in the church. Uh, you know, you'll have one extreme or the other where you'll have people saying that it's the, the gift of the Spirit and it's really their flesh and, and they're doing crazy things. And now, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't always tell us to do things that are logical and reasonable, but I'm talking about things that are just, you're looking at them, you're going, I just don't see God in that. 
Because God has given us His Spirit, and we have discernment, right? We should know if something. But uh, And then there's the other camp that says, hey, man, we've seen those crazy guys over there. Not going to happen here. We're going to quench the Holy Spirit. We're not even going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're not going to teach on the Holy Spirit because we don't want to be crazy like that. And the balance is coming to that place of maturity. Hence, we're teaching on this series is becoming mature believers so that we have discernment so that we have sensitivity to what the Holy Spirit is telling us and that we obey. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to touch people's lives. He's wanting to help people. And when you see people that are drawing attention to themselves, you have to wonder, is that the Lord or is that their flesh? Because we are to glorify God. We're not to glorify ourselves. And the spiritual gifts... Also, let me say this, are not necessarily an indication of spiritual maturity because God can give the gifts and hopefully we can mature and grow in understanding and use of those gifts. But the spiritual gifts are are from God and he wants us to use them properly. And I believe that God, well, let me say it this way. I want to be a person that God can use and pour through however he wants. If, if, If the Lord... Had, someone needs a word of prophecy, I want to be available for him to pour through me and, and give a word of prophecy. If someone needs healing, I want to be a vessel that can go and pray for that person and get healed. Whatever it is that he needs, I want to be that conduit or vessel that he can use. Um, let me talk about this for a minute. Pride can cause people to abuse the spiritual gifts. Oh, look at me, look at me. I have this gifting, look at me, and I've seen that. And I've also seen the other side of that, where pride can, people, can keep people from receiving the gifts. Oh, well, what are they going to think? The Holy Spirit's telling me to do this or say this to this person. What will someone think? So pride can keep us from fulfilling and, and moving in the gift uh, that the Lord has for us. Let's, let's jump into uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now, br- dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives, I don't want you to misunderstand this. Paul is saying, listen, this is important. The special abilities that the Lord gives are important, and I don't want you to misunderstand this. And unfortunately, I think the church, the body of Christ, a lot of the body of Christ has misunderstood this. And Paul is saying this is really important. The, the gifts of the Spirit are given and active today. And there are people that say, well, I don't believe that. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, well, maybe they've never seen the gifts exercised. Maybe they've never seen a demonstration of God's power. So therefore, they say, well, you know, he doesn't give those today because I don't have it. And I'm not in a, in a, a church where we see the power of God move. So therefore, we're just going to say that doesn't happen today. You don't believe God heals today? If someone doesn't believe God heals today, what happens when somebody says, hey, listen, man, I've been given a bad report. Sorry, dude, you're going to die. Can I have your boat when you die, though? You know, if, if we don't believe that God heals today, if we don't believe that God speaks to us today, if we don't believe that God answers prayer we're missing out on this vital part of this relationship that, that, we're, that we're called to have. And so there are some people that revise or change biblical doctrine to fit their theology. We should base our theology 
on biblical truths and principles, on biblical doctrines. What did Jesus teach? What did Jesus say that we would be able to do? Not what does somebody else say or, or some, some theology of some church or some people. What does the Word of God say? And so when you come here, you're getting the Word of God. It's not what I say. It's what He says that's written in His Word that matters. So, you know, we need, to, we need to understand and we need to live out what the Word says. It's not, well, I'm changing the Word to fit what I want. We're saying, no, I'm adjusting to fit the Word and what His Word says. So verse 1 again, Near doubt, uh, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives, I do not want you to misunderstand this. The Spirit of God gives special abilities. Okay, let's stop there because some people need to understand that. That the Spirit of God gives special abilities. They aren't earned. They're gifts that are given. This is really important to understand what the gifts are and how to use the gifts. Let's look at verse 2. You know, you know that when you were still pagans, you were led, ast led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. And... Uh, I've been on these tours where we go to these different uh, temples and things like that of these pagan uh, gods. And, and, and I'm looking at these people, and they're bowing down and they're praying to this, these idols, these worthless idols that are dead. They can't do anything. And I feel so sorry for those people because they're worshiping and they're praying to a, an idol of rock or stone or some other kind of material that cannot do anything for them. But yet we serve a God who's living and active in our lives. And I feel sorry for people like that. We serve a vibrant, life-filled, life-giving, personal Lord. And we get to participate in this awesome relationship. Verse 3. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. He says, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. Verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. So some believe that the gifts were only given to the original disciples. Okay, this letter was probably written 55 years after Jesus had died and rose and, and ascended to heaven. So why would Paul be writing about receiving the gifts and having the gifts if they were no longer being distributed? Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me. I'd be like saying, well, if you would have bought 100 shares of stock of Coca-Cola in 1948, you'd be worth a million dollars today. Well, I wasn't even born. It doesn't apply to me. So Paul is teaching these new believers. He's saying, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It must be relevant or he wouldn't be telling them. Okay, so you guys got that? Okay, there are, where did I, okay. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Okay, so the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. And the service comes from the work that the Lord is doing in our life and through our lives. God gives gifts, we take the gifts, and we serve Him, right? Okay, we are gifted to serve in many areas. Maybe worship, 
maybe hospitality, maybe decorating, maybe through giving a word of encouragement or uh, a word of knowledge or, or whatever the giftings are that God wants to distribute to us, we have access to those things because he's given them to us. So let me ask you, are you serving on a team? If so, you're probably using some of the giftings that God has for you. If not, why not? God has gifted you. Um, God doesn't give us gifts just so we'll put them behind a glass door in a trophy case. Oh, look. Look at the gift God gave me. Oh, can I see it? Yeah. Here. Oh, wow. This is an awesome gift. Are you using this gift? No. Let's put it back. God's not going to give us gifts so that we can just put them on a shelf. He's giving us gifts so that we can be filled with more of him and we can be his ambassadors like we talked about last week, that representing the kingdom of God and going forth and expanding the kingdom of God. So God is giving us tools. He's giving us gifts to accomplish those things. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So if we choose to yield to God and his desires, we can see that he's doing something different in all of our lives. Your issues are probably different than mine. But we, have, we all have issues. We all have challenges. And so that's why we need the Lord. That's why we say, God, I'm giving you my life, and I'm asking you to help me, and I'm yielding my heart and life to you so that he can do this work that he's begun. Two people may exhibit pride. Let me give you an example. They may exhibit the same characteristics, but one person may have been told, you know what, you're better than everybody else. You're better than everyone else. And so that can come across as pride and arrogance. Or someone else may have pride, but from a totally different angle. You're not worth anything. You're not of value. Everybody's better than you. And so someone can be prideful out of their insecurities. And Don wanted to talk about this on Wednesday night. She almost started teaching my sermon. But we were talking about this on Wednesday night. How that there can be different, uh, different approaches to the same kind of issues that we have. And, and so God is wanting to bring health and healing and wholeness to our lives. So that we're humble. So that we're obedient so that he can work through us, so that he can give us these gifts, these powerful, wonderful gifts that we don't get puffed up with pride or that we don't abuse these gifts because they're gifts that he's given to us. We haven't done anything to earn those things. We're just in this relationship, and the Lord says, I want to give you these gifts. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Drop the mic. That's it. The spiritual gifts are given to us so we can help each other. Do you ever need any help? I do. And maybe your gifts are going to help me. And maybe my gifts are going to help you. That's the way it works. Maybe uh, I, I, got a, I received a, a powerful, encouraging word this morning that I really needed. Because somebody was operating in their gifts. And because they were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. 
So maybe God is going to use you to bring an encouraging word. Maybe he's going to give you a word of knowledge where you have some understanding. It happened to me a couple of weeks ago. The Lord began to speak to me about a particular family in a situation. And uh, I said, well, Lord, that, that situation has changed. I, I don't know why you're, you're giving this to me. And then about a week later, I found out that the situation hadn't changed. And that word was very applicable to their situation right then. And so I shared that word with them. So God can give you an encouraging word. He can give you a word of knowledge or he can give you insight into a situation. Why? So that we can help one another. And so he may give us a prophetic word. He may uh, call, call us to go pray for somebody for healing. I can't tell you the number of times where the Lord has said, pick up the phone and call somebody or text somebody. And boom, it's important that they get that call or that they get that text. It's, it's life-changing. But see, it, it requires something from us. It requires obedience. It requires a sensitivity to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And then we have to do something with that. We have to say, God, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do with this that you're telling me? Do you want me to say something? Am I to pray about it? What do you want me to do? So God doesn't give us the gifts so we can take credit for the things that he's doing. He gives us the gift so that he is glorified and that people will be helped. So we shouldn't be getting puffed up with pride for something that God has given to us. And I believe that God can dispense the gifts as he desires. Let's read on. To one person... The Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. So sometimes I'm like, I'm in a situation, I'm like, God, I need some wisdom here. I don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know how to pray for this person. I don't know what to do about it. And so, uh, I, again, I believe that God doesn't just say, okay, well, you get wisdom, you get healing, you get this. I think that he's looking for people that are willing and able to receive whatever gift he wants to dispense for whatever is needed. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And I've shared with you guys a couple of stories. Like uh, 20 years ago, I was driving this old truck, and, and I said, God, I want a new truck. I want a new truck. And I knew it was going to happen. I think that was an example of the gift of faith. And uh, another example, we, were, uh, we had our house... Uh, back in Corpus, up for sale. And, uh, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying he was going to bring somebody to buy our house. There was no sign in the yard. Nobody really knew it was for sale. And God brought somebody. That was another, I think it was a gift of faith, where I had this faith knowing that it was going to happen. I just knew it was going to happen. I didn't know how. I hadn't been fasting and praying for a month. I hadn't been doing all these things. It's like God just dropped. This is like, boom. There you go. There's a little gift of faith right there for you for this particular situation. So God can do whatever he wants to do through those vessels that are willing and yielding to him. Um, verse 9 continues. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. We pray for people here that have been healed. Supernaturally healed. That was important for them. <laughs> Especially for that time, they needed it. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Well, God doesn't really do miracles today, really? 
Obviously, you've never seen God do a miracle, or you wouldn't be saying that. We've seen miracles. We've seen God do amazing things. And we're not the only ones. God wants to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. He wants us to move in power. We should be able to be praying for people and they get healed. I'm not saying that everyone that we pray for gets healed because it's not up to me. It's up to Him. But I'm certainly going to pray for them. I'm going to believe for them because I know He can do it. I've seen Him do it. And so when we have needs, when, whatever those things look like, when we're impressed by the Holy Spirit to go and do something, we need to go and do that because there's a purpose. There's a reason for it. It's not always about us. Amen. It's about Him. And an ambassador of the kingdom goes and does what the kingdom uh, officials want them to do. And our official, our King, Jesus, gives us Direction on things to do, to help us and to help others. Another, the ability to prophesy. I've received words of prophecy. I've given words of prophecy. That takes faith. Talking to somebody that's getting ready to go to Afghanistan, and, and the Lord says, go tell them they're, they're going to live and not die. And you find out that all the people that were in their platoon or whatever gets killed and they're a survivor. What did that word do for that young man when he was over there in the midst of battle? Maybe God was reminding him of that word, you will live and not die, when others were falling all around him. I don't know. But after I gave that word, I, I said, oh God, <laughs> I hope that was you. So God wants to speak through our lives, but it takes faith, guys, to walk this thing out. It takes faith to, to obey and to receive then as well. And so God wants, wants us to be vessels that he can pour through. And he does speak words of prophecy today. It doesn't originate with me. I don't make it come to pass. He does. I receive, I believe, I give. And that's all we're called to do. It's just allow him to work through our lives, and then we're just the conduit. We're just the, the vessel. There's a, a doctor that I see about every six months, and we have these conversations, and his nurses get mad at him because he, it throws them off schedule. But, uh, but he tells me that he, he studies the Bible about 15 to 20 hours a week, but he doesn't believe that God speaks to people today. And we're talking about prophecy. And he said, oh, so you think the Bible hasn't been completed yet? I said, I never said that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that God speaks to us. God will speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And apparently he's never had that happen or he wouldn't be questioning um, me having this uh, conversation with the Lord. Apparently he's never heard the Spirit of God speak to him. And, you know, we talk about the small, still voice, but sometimes the Holy Spirit's like a sledgehammer. I mean, Mark! <laughs> yes, Holy Spirit. <laughs> sometimes that's what it takes, because I'm kind of like in my own mind here. It's like, Mark, Mark. Oh, yes, 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 Lord. So the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. He wants to work through our lives. He gives someone the ability to discern 
whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Psychics, they're receiving from a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit's. It's demonic. And so sensitivity is vital that we understand what is speaking to us. Is it the Holy Spirit? Well, if we, if we don't have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're not going to recognize His voice. Many times it could be our own flesh. It could be our, our own flesh speaking to us, or it could be the enemy, or, or it could be a number of things. So we need to have sensitivity and say, Lord, what are you telling me? What are you speaking to me? And then what do you want me to do? What do you want? What are you saying to me? And then we need to look. Does it line up with the Word of God? Well, the Holy Spirit told me to, to steal $10,000 from my, my company. That's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's not the Holy Spirit. So we need to always look at the Word of God. That's why we need to know the Word of God. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. Knowing the Word of God. And so when you come on Sunday morning, when you come on Wednesday night, when you come to men's group on Thursday, when you come to women's group next Thursday, when you come on Thursday morning and we're, and we're praying, we're getting the Word of God in us so that we, we're building this relationship and our sensitivity and our, our uh, hearing of the Holy Spirit is increasing. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. These are things that Paul is talking to the early church, and he's saying these are the gifts that you can have. These are the gifts that I want to pour out. And so people believe that, well, these things aren't given today. Well, they are. Um, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. It's the one and only Holy Spirit who distributes all these gifts. Verse 11 continues. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I know some people that go to a church and they uh, kind of their church believes that you're filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, then they say you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. But what did we just read? It's the one and only Spirit that determines what gifts we get. So what if the Holy Spirit says he's not giving me uh, uh, a, a gift of speaking in tongues, what if he's giving me a different gift? And so I think that's erroneous. I, I, I don't think that's correct because what, we're, what does the Bible say? What's he saying? It's the one and only Holy Spirit who determines which gift that we get. I mean, it's, am I confused on this? I think it's very straightforward. I think it's very simple what the Word says. Um. Next, Paul begins to parallel between the spiritual gifts given to us and the parts of the, of the body of Christ. Let's, let's read on here in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we have different spiritual gifts given to the body of Christ for the body, and we have different parts of the body that make up the body of Christ. Uh, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. Let me ask you some questions. Did you determine your ethnicity? Did you determine where you were going to be born? Did you decide, well, I'm gonna, I want to be born in America. Did you decide if you were going to be free or if you were going to be a slave? 
So Paul is writing to a diverse group of people. Let's read on. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So it doesn't matter our ethnicity. It doesn't matter where we were born. It, it doesn't matter if we're slave or free. We're born into, we're baptized into one body. I believe that this is one of several baptisms, and I'm not going to get into that, but I don't believe that this is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that we're, this is, we're baptized into one body by the Spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And I'll talk at some point in time about baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we're baptized into one body. We, when we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And we become one body. So we are one in Christ. Uh, one body. Um, verse 14. Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. Look around you. What do you see? Look around. You see different people, different shapes, sizes, colors, different colored eyes, different shaped nose, different shaped bodies. <laughs> okay, so we're all co combined into one body. Verse 15. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And so if, if Life Fellowship is your home, God placed you here for a specific purpose, and you're needed here. You're valued here. You're a part of this body. And, um, well, let's read on in verse 19. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Paul is really emphasizing this truth of many parts, one body. He's trying to say, hey, listen, we're all a part of the body. We all don't have the same giftings. We all don't have the same personality. We all don't have the same influence with the same group of people, but God is using us as one body to, to build the kingdom of God, to live this abundant life, to help one another out, to help others. Verse 21, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Think about your internal organs. We don't think about those very much, right? We think about our eyes or, you know. Uh, but what about our inter internal organs? If those aren't working properly, you can die. <laughs> they seem less important than other parts of our body, like our hands, our feet, our legs, or whatever. But they're all important. So the point is you're important. It doesn't matter what part of the body you are. It doesn't matter what giftings you are. What matters is that we obey and that we allow God to work through our lives to fulfill our role and our part in the body of Christ. Verse 23, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So every part of the body is important Every person, this, this is the point that Paul's trying to make. You know, he, he's, don't get hung up on the parts of the body. He's talking about us, 
that we are part of the body of Christ. So you're of great value. And God has uniquely, strategically placed you here for this place and time to fulfill all the things that he has for you. That's really what the, the, the part that, that Paul's trying to emphasize here. Verse 24. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. So you may say, well, the pastor is more important than the person on the greeting team. No, he's not. Nobody's more important than anyone else. We just have different roles. And so are we fulfilling the role that God has called us to? Because we should be working together in concert so that many will be saved. So that we can go and make more disciples of Christ as we go out and live it. And as we demonstrate the love of Christ and we allow God to use us. Maybe, maybe I'm an index finger today and maybe I'm a big toe tomorrow. It doesn't matter. What does God want to do in my life? How does he want to use me? That should be our heart. So we're continuing to uh, allow God to work in our lives. And we're all contributing to the work of God through our lives, through our obedience. You are an ambassador of Christ. You're representing the kingdom of God. That should change the way we think. We talked about it last week. We walk into a room, I'm an ambassador of God. I'm his ambassador. We shouldn't be arrogant, but we should be confident. Wait a minute. When we walk into the room, the atmosphere is changing here because the presence of God lives in me, and I'm representing him. And so some of that stuff needs to go. We need to raise the bar. We can raise the bar just by being in the presence. I've been in the presence of people, and they'll say a cuss word, and they'll say, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize to me, you know. But it's the presence of God that's there that people begin to recognize and people begin to respect, and it will change the atmosphere. It will change people's behavior. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12, 24. So God has put the body together in such a way, and, and I'm sorry. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. And God designed our physical body to function properly. He's also connected the body of Christ together to function properly as he desires. Verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. That's, that's the bottom line here, that we care for one another. People in healthy, godly relationships are in harmony and really love and care for one another. And that's one of the things that I appreciate so about this, this body of Christ is that there's... There's love here. There's authenticity. We really care for one another. And that's the target. That's the goal. Love is the key. Life Fellowship is, is a relational church. And so it's about this relationship with him and also one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 26 says, If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. When somebody gets saved, man, we're excited when somebody gets set free from alcohol or addictive behaviors or someone gets healed or someone gets a job that they've been praying for, 
When someone's going through a trial, when they're going through struggles, we're there with them to stand with them. When someone loses a loved one, we're there to help them and and be a support for them. Verse 27 says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So when you look around, we, we should value every one of us because we are part. I wouldn't chop off my finger and say, well, you're not a part of me. You're, you're not a value. If something happens to my finger, if I smash it with a hammer, I'm going to treat it gently. I'm going to uh, you know, take care of it. And so when a, a body, uh, when a member of the body of Christ is hurting, we can go there and, and we can comfort them and love on them. A word from God can change someone's destiny. A word from God can change someone's destiny. So if God gives you a word, you never know the impact that's going to have. And I've shared with you guys about this guy I worked with, Mark Robertson, and he came up to me years ago in the lab and he said, you know, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. That changed my life. Because that guy had the boldness, I believe, that he was being led by the Spirit. And it changed my life. I said, you know what? You're right. And I began to seek God and say, God, I want to change in my life. I want to change in my heart. A word from God can change someone's destiny. The love of Christ you display. The words of life that you share. The prayers that you pray matter because people matter. And God is looking for people like us that he can pour through that will change the world. Will you allow him to pour through your life? It begins with a personal, intimate relationship with him. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and God is calling you back to him. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you've never had a relationship with him. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? God desires to have this personal, intimate relationship with you. Let's take a couple of minutes and let's just say, God, is there something else you want to say to me this morning? Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.